Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, speak to the church, your congregation, Lord. And I pray that I would be led of your Holy Spirit this morning, that you would breathe life upon this message, that it would bring um, vision and encouragement and hope and uh, focus us and focus our attention upon those things that are lasting and are, are eternal. And for you, Lord, be the glory. Um, we just pray, Lord, that he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And we thank you, Lord, for what you have for us this week. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, I want to uh, open up and read this scripture. This is in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews 12. Um, you know, Pastor Tasha did a great job last week. Amen. That was a really encouraging message. It was a very on-target message. And, um, you know, it was talking about, you know, faith. And those are the patriarchs. Those are the um, heroes of the Bible. And this is in um, Hebrews 12. And Hebrews 12 starts off with this. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let, aside, uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's talking about, you know, we we're talking about in this year that this is a year of 2020 vision. And here is a, a, one of the things that we should focus upon. You know, if you were um, a racer or somebody who's uh, running a race, you have the end of the race in mind when you're starting. You have your eyes set on the destination of where you're actually going. Where are we going? What is our destination? Because it's going to get rough in a race, especially a, a long race, a marathon. You know, our, our race of faith is not a sprint. It's more a marathon. It's a long-term thing, you know, where there's, uh, there's uphills and there's downhills. And there's times where we're running against the breeze and there's other times when the breeze is at our back and it makes it a little bit easier. But God never said that it would be easy to run this race. But here it's saying that, therefore... So anytime a, a sentence in the Bible or a chapter in the Bible starts with a therefore, you've got to wonder why it's therefore. And the therefore in this was because it preceded chapter 11 that talked about the heroes of faith. And Pastor Tasha was talking about those heroes in the faith who had kept their eyes fixated upon the eternal things. You know, and it talks about... I'm going to uh, list four of these characters, and we did a whole study on this. Um, our last Bible study was on the heroes of the Bible, and the first one, I'm just going to go over this really briefly, is Enoch. And Enoch had faith so much that he pleased God, that he was so uh, in touch with God, he was so in line with the things of God, that it said that he pleased God to the point where God took him, so that he did not even see the flood that was coming upon the earth. That he walked with God and his faith was pleasing to God. And God says, you know what, Enoch, I'm just going to take you up here alive and you're going to come up into my presence. Enoch was a ascended whole, 
like uh, Elijah was, caught up in the chariots of God and took him up into the heavenly realm. So Enoch was taken up because he had a life that was in touch with God and he pleased God with his faith. The second person in this hall of faith was Noah. Noah heeded the divine warning and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. He preached for a hundred years that a flood was going to come when there really wasn't any rain on the earth. And I'm sure people thought he was crazy. And I know when I preach along these lines, it might get what's the word repetitive but I also feel a responsibility to be watchful and to be a voice of concern in this time that our focus is on those things that are eternal amen so Noah was a man of faith and he moved at God's bidding and he built an ark worked on this project for a hundred years and I'm sure he took a lot of grief for doing that project building a boat on dry land and preaching about the fact that God was going to send judgment and the earth was going to get flooded and I'm sure his neighbors probably thought he was crazy it says by faith Moses is the third one forsook Egypt not in not um engaging in the temporary pleasures of sin but he looked to the Lord God and a city whose building and maker is God he he was like you know what I'm right hand of Pharaoh but I realize that these temporary pleasures of sin are passing away and it talks about that that race of sin let us um, put aside that sin which so easily besets us there's things in our life that would want to pull us in a direction that would be contrary to the will of God or the best that God has. And there's things that are germane to each one of us that are uh, more tempting. Not everybody here has the same uh, button that would you know, catch their attention and say, yeah, I want to do that. But it says to lay aside those things that so easily beset us and each one has a different thing you know each one of us has a, a special temptation that might veer us off course and God says give that to me trust me with that it's an un, um, unnegotiable surrender with God when we come to him it's almost like sometimes we play tricks with ourselves and we say well I really hate this because I hate the guilt that comes along with me doing this but God will always forgive me so God please forgive me for doing this but in the back of our heart we know I'm gonna do it again and we have to get to the point where we say I can't do this God help me and when we do that that's where the tip the difference takes place right there that's where the the scale tips at that point because we come to the end of ourselves and realize I can't forsake this on my own I need God's help and when we cry out to him in truth in that place of a broken heart or brokenness and we're sick of our condition God can do something that at that point that's good news amen that's really good news and then the last one is uh, it's an interesting, an interesting carry. It's a woman in the Bible. She hid the spies as they were spying out the land. She went into Jericho and said, Man, I heard about you guys. I heard about how 40 years before that, God delivered you from Pharaoh's army. In fact, he dried up the Red Sea. I heard about your fame. And I'm afraid that you guys are going to take this land and will be destroyed. And she said, Um... I'm going to hide you guys up here in the flax stalks up on the roof. And he says, but make me a promise. When you guys come into the land to conquer this, please deliver me and my family. He says, okay, because you hit us, 
because it would have been death if we would have been caught, these spies. It says, put this red cord around the window. She lived on the wall. Back in those days, the uh, cities were surrounded by huge walls, and there was people that lived in chambers that were attached to the wall. So she tied a red cord around her window and says, I'm going to tell you, you need to stay in that building, and if any of your family will come, they will be delivered also. But don't go outside the building. And so we know the story how the children of Israel encircled the thing for seven days. And at the end they blew the horns and God destroyed the, the walls of Jericho. And every single tower went down. And in fact there's archaeological evidence. We did this in our Bible study where they found the remnants or the remains of Jericho. And they said it happened exactly like the Bible says. They were up on a sort of a rampart like this. And when they blew the trumpet all the, the um, uh, bricks that the walls were made of. They slid down downhill like that. And the children of Israel were able to come up and they conquered the whole city. And So there's archaeological evidence that this actually did take place. But Rahab and her family in a tower or a rampart that survived was able to uh, make a deal with the Israelites where they, 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 they were in faith in that room waiting with the red cord on the window and God passed over them. And they weren't destroyed with the rest. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us, he endured the cross to despise the shame. Jesus went. Jesus is the blood. Jesus is symbolic of that red thread that was on the window. It was a salvation that was promised because they act in faith. They acted in faith. And so therefore, in chapter 12 of Hebrews, starting with the word therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight of sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus. That we would keep our eyes focused upon Christ right now. Because the race might be hard and the breath might be, we might be huffing right now. Because of the race is tough and we might be going against the wind and we might be going uphill. But I tell this congregation to keep your eyes focused upon the Lord right now. Amen. This is the time to keep our eyes focused upon the Lord. There's a lot of things that are going on in the world that could detract us or discourage us or get us off the course. And... Um, Excuse me, my nose running. You know, we have a Bible study. and You know, my thing is, God gave me a, I don't know, a propensity or I don't know what it is, but I'm very interested in, in uh, Bible prophecy. I'm very interested in current events and how it relates to the Bible. And especially because there's so much written about this particular time in which we're living that confirms the truth of God's word. And that's encouraging to me because it's, we're not following some weird, you know, made up story about somebody or somebody's theory about who God is or what God has done in that. No, we have tangible evidence that what we believe here is true. And prophecy is the ability to force. It's, it's not even, it's like, it's not a prediction for God. God knows the end from the beginning. And all he did was write it down in his word and says, this is going to happen. This is the way it's going to go down. And we're living in that age right now. 
We're living in that age right now. I mean, I do research on these things, and I got many sites that I watch. I, I watch t choke uh, YouTube clips, just things that are having to do with the Bible. I want a video to verify that this is really happening. I want to, I'll, I'll get multiple sources. I don't just go off of just one person said this, and oh yeah, I'll, I'll verify it. So that, it, yeah, that many people are talking about that. That is actually happening in the world. Do you know how many things are happening in the world right now that verify the Word of God? So many that it's, it's hard to even keep up. I used to read prophecy books. I go, books are irrelevant right now. It's happening so fast. You've got to watch YouTube clips because it's coming in that hot. It's coming in that fast. That's reality. And you, anybody who watches prophecy or studies this topic will tell you the same thing. It's hard to keep up with what's going on right now. You know, one of the things that happened last week was our president um, and, and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, produced the deal of the century. It finally came to the forefront, and there was a meeting with Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, the prime minister of Israel, or sort of prime minister. They're kind of in between elections right now, but he produced this plan of the century, the deal of the century, and was laying out plans about what they want to do in, with the Palestinian problem, the Palestinians. And you know, the thing is, God made a promise to Abraham generations ago. And he said, this is the land that you will inherit. And if you guys stay here and you're faithful, you will stay in this land. But if you disobey me, I'm going to scatter you like the winds. But God also said this, in the latter days, I'm going to gather you back into this land. And it's not because of your faithfulness, it's because of my faithfulness. Because I said so. Amen. And it's against all the odds that they're back in this land right now. Then there's people that want to say, they don't own that land, we own this land. And God says, no, they own that land. And they will be there when I come back. And that's reality. That's happening right now. And there's this lot of tension. And there was a deal that was off to them. And it's just like, I don't know what to make of it yet. J.D. Farage, I listened to his uh, prophecy update. He's a pastor out of Kaneohe on the windward side. And he's very highly renowned. A lot of people look for his updates every week. And I listen to his update. And he goes, I'm, st I'm not liking this deal. I'm not liking it because it looks as if this current administration is trying to divide the land. That's not a good thing, let me tell you. When anybody, it says, if you divide my land, I will divide your land. This is not good. We need to pray that this be not the case. That the United States would not force Israel. I mean, on the surface, it goes, man, that's a good deal. I, I, I even think this, so what can we do with this? You have a people that were scattered around the world. Jerusalem is their most holy spot on the earth. And God says, I'm bringing them back in the last days. But you have this remnant of this people. The Palestinian people are not really a people. They're just a smattering of people that, that kind of hung on around there. And they, they've made up a history that's not really accurate. And says, no, we own this place. And that's our holy site over there. The Quran says nothing about Jerusalem. There's not one word about Jerusalem. But they said, this is our third most holy site. And they put their Alaska mosque over there. And it's right where the temple of God is going to be rebuilt. God said there's going to be a temple rebuilt. That the Antichrist is going to come in and defile. And they're moving towards these things being fulfilled in our day and our age. These things are moving with rapid pace right now. All these things are happening. That tells me this Bible is true. That tells me that there is a timeline that God is working in. If you want to know what time it is, what do you normally do? Look at a watch. 
Israel is God's watch. The Lord says to us, speaking of our vision, speaking about what do we watch, He says, watch what I am doing right now. He says, not only watch, He says, watch and pray what I am doing right now. Amen? That's what God tells us to do in this hour. He says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. It's a, uh, the word watch is actually, uh, I think it's in the uh, Greek, it's Gregorio, which means, you know, like a Gregorian chant or these monks that they would stay up late and they would pray and they would sing chants. And, uh, Gregorio is to keep vigil, to be vigilant, to be aware of what's going on. There's a lot of things going on right now. You know, I went and met with uh, Pastor Robin, you know, doing research for a Bible study on Wednesday night. We give a sometimes a longer update on prophetic things that are happening. And what was on my radar this week was this no, uh, novel, uh, novel coronavirus that's going on. And for you who are paying attention to the news, number one, the first thing that Jesus said about the times of which we're living right now, he says, don't be deceived. There's a lot of fake news out there. There's a lot of fake activity out there. So you don't believe everything just off the cuff because it was said on CNN or it was said on MSNBC or even Fox. We don't believe everything we see. We have to use discernment. But one of the things that is happening is this virus. And, you know, we we're talking about this morning. Oh, it's been around for a while. You know, Aaron saw it on his Lysol can. It says, oh, yeah, this deals with the coronavirus. But this is called the novel coronavirus and there's a senator and I have a, a, his clip on here and he's from um, he's a senator and he was saying this thing is not a normal virus in fact he says in Wuhan the city where this thing originated there is a, a biological weapons plant within that city this is an engineered bioweapon is what it is and it actually has, they checked it out, and they said they has AIDS within this thing, and it goes, this would not happen in nature. They said that this thing, what the story they're trying to produce right now is they have what they call wet markets in China where they eat anything. These Chinese are crazy, man. They're eating stuff that the Bible says, don't eat that. It says, don't eat snakes in the Bible. Don't eat bats in the Bible. Don't eat, you know, this, dogs. These are unclean things. And, and they're eating these things in their very unsanitary conditions. They call them a wet market. They just slaughter everything, and they never disinfect it, and they just wash it down with water, and the whole process starts up. So it's, they said it's a hotbed for viruses and different things to, to come up in there. But they said, no, this is different. This thing is different, the reason being it has markers of genetic material spliced into this that shouldn't be there. And one of them is AIDS. And the other deadly thing about this is it has a two-week latency period where you can be infected with this and not even know it. But you can be spreading this virus. Now the other thing that's very strange about this, even the release timing of this, it's the Chinese New Year. It's the time where they are determined to travel. If you are in a city, you have to make a pilgrimage back to your hometown. And so these people, it's in their DNA, I have to go home, I have to go back to my place. And so these people travel not only to their hometown, but all over the world during this time. That's exactly when they released this, when this thing went off. And it spread, and these people are on planes, and they're flying here and there, and they're going all over the creation, and they're very concerned right now that this thing is already um, 
bust it out of containment. And we're seeing all the countries where it's coming up and it's, it's popping up here and there. In China, if this was a normal flu and you're looking at the numbers there and it just doesn't jive, why are they making so big of a deal about a couple, a few hundred deaths? But I don't believe those figures are accurate. I believe there's a lot more people dying. And I've seen evidence on the internet and it's pretty grim. They have people in apartments where they're actually nailing the people shut into their apartments and basically writing them off. They're gone. And I don't know. There's still, you know, this stuff, it's, it's hard to find. The China government says if you get caught posting things having to do with this and causing any kind of stir with this, seven years prison. But they locked down the people, 50 million of them. 60 million, locked them, quarantined them in their city. Now, if this is a regular flu, I don't think they would be going to those levels. I don't think that they would be going to the levels of making a, a thousand capacity hospital in nine days to try to contain this thing. It's, this is serious. And I talked to, I went to prayer with Pastor Rob, and I kind of, sometimes I update him on the, some of the things I got my radar on. And, and a lot of times he just kind of, you know, looks at me like, oh, you got to stop looking at these conspiracies, man. You got to stop looking at this stuff. And this time I said, I'm concerned about this. He goes, I'm concerned about this also. This has potential because of that 14-day latency. Now, what do we do? Well, we looked at the Hall of Faith, and we looked at people who were faithful, and we looked at people who were keeping their, eye, keeping their eyes on the Lord. We know that the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and they went through and they started to grumble. And God says, you know what I'm going to do? Because you people are grumbling here, I'm going to send fiery serpents into your camp. And the people cried out to the Lord. It says, Moses, Moses, do something. These serpents are stinging us and they're stinging us and they hit us and we're dying. And thousands of the children of Israel are dying. And the Lord said to Moses, Moses, go over there, get a rod and make a bronze serpent and put it up on a pole. And you're thinking, what is that going to do? You got serpents biting people, a fiery uh, serpent biting you uh, like a, a rattlesnake and you swell up and you die. What is that going to do? But the people, Moses uh, acted in faith. He made a fiery serpent. He put it up on a pole and he held it up and everybody who beheld that thing was cured. Everybody who looked to that thing was cured. Not one of them died from that point. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the... And you know, even like our brother Dwayne says, I'm not going to say that no Christians are going to die from this thing if it goes to the levels that they're talking about. I'm not going to say that, but we keep our eyes on the Lord because even if we die, we win. Even if we die, we win. But it's not a time to get our eyes off the Lord. That's the point that I'm making on this. There's so many things that have discouraged and distracted and, and brought doubt and whatever. And people are falling away. We don't want to do that. We want to keep our eyes focused upon the Lord. We're in the last lap of this race and the Lord is coming back. Amen? Let me read this in uh, Matthew 24. Very familiar. You know, these are what I'm preaching about. It's not anything earth-shattering or new revelation, but it's a, it's a way to stir us, to refocus. You know, we're talking about uh, keeping our eyes fixed on what is eternal. And, um, you know, Matthew, you got to be careful because Matthew 24 is written to the Jews. 
And there's some things that are pertinent to the Jewish nation, but there's also things in here that pertain to us in the times of which we're living right now. And I want to read those things right there. You know, Jesus, in uh, Matthew 24, 3, it says, Now he sat on the Mount of Olives, and disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? What preceded that was, they said, Wow, look at the temple, Lord. Isn't it so glorious? He said, you see that temple over there? Not one stone is going to be left upon another. Prophetically speaking, 40 years from that point, that thing was going to be leveled. The Romans are going to come in and just wipe it out. And they're like, if the temple goes, it's the end of the world as far as we're concerned. And so he's answering this question. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. So the first thing, it would be a time of deception. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We had World War I, we had World War II, what did we have? We had the, the Cold War, we had the war on drugs, we had the war on terror, we got all these wars going on, but we still haven't come to the end. He said it would be wars until the time he comes back. So that's a sign, but it's not a key sign. It's not one of the major signs. Or It's a compilation of all these things. It says, um, see that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. When all these things start to congeal, everything comes together, famines, earthquakes, pestilence. Pestilence is diseases that can have the potential to kill thousands of people. A pandemic, something that would go out there. We've had um, several things. We've had Ebola, swine flu, bird flu, AIDS, SARS, novel coronavirus. And the Spanish, you guys heard about the Spanish flu of uh, 1918, 1919. This is a variant of that. This this thing in the Spanish flu was in during after, right after World War One, and um, back then our troops went to Europe to go fight in the Great War. And while they were there, this thing they said they 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 kind of figured they originated somewhere in Kansas. Is it, it was from from pig to human. That's where the thing came from somehow. It jumped. And then it got in there and they said, it, it seems as if, you know, they were vaccinating our troops because they were going across the sea to go fight World War I. And it says that it made them susceptible somehow to be the host for this. And it just went for the barracks and the, they're transporting the troops and they were all really tightly packed. And people didn't understand these things. And everybody was breathing and coughing on each other. And it killed up to 50 million people during that time. You know, these geniuses who are into bioweapons, I heard that they went up, this was years ago, I heard this, they went up to Alaska where they buried bodies of people who died from this uh, strain of, of bacteria or this, this strain of disease and they were exhuming the graves and taking samples of their bodies or their, wherever it would be stored in the bones or whatever of this and trying to manufacture these things as bioweapons. There are some wicked people in the world. I know. I mean, they're, they're, they said that this, actually, they feel that this strain came from Canada. Some Chinese nationals took it back to that lab in China somewhere, and they tweaked it and made it. And they're thinking, was it an accidental release into society? They're not really sure. 
There, you know, we all know what was happening in China, in Hong Kong. There was all these protests, and there was this popular surge, and they had American flags, and they're saying, we want freedom. We don't want to be under a communist regime. We don't want to be under... And there was this groundswell of movement towards this thing. And could it be their own? The Chinese are brutal. When Mao came to power, he killed off about 50 million of his people when he came into power. For them to just say, hey, you know what? We're, we got this virus. It's going to lock down the cities. It's going to cause this. But, but we can, I think we can retain control if we let this. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation was. But it's evil, whatever it was. And this is the day and the age that we live in right now. And our, our preservation, our hope, our, our state of, of mind and state of peace in this time is to keep our eyes focused upon Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what we got. And then, you know, it says that, so it says, um, nation will rise against nation. We've, be, we've seen that. I mean, you remember, you've seen how many protests there have been on the streets? In France, in, in uh, um, Argentina, in, you know, you name it, around the world. Hong Kong, uh, in the mainland. You know, they even, I was showing, I was looking at a clip. They even showed Hawaii in there. They had the, this unrest about Mauna Kea. They were showing just nation against nation, ethnic group against ethnic group. Everybody's divided right now. It's, it's a mess. He says, um, there will be famines, verse 7, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. It means diverse places. Places that normally didn't have earthquakes. There's going to be earthquakes. You guys seen that on TV? Yeah. That's happening, man. Big earthquakes. There was a 7.7 there was a 7 .7 in, uh, off of Jamaica. And they said that it was almost coincided with the release of this deal of the century plan. I don't know whether, what that means. I don't, I don't really like the sound of that one though. But he says, these are all the beginnings of sorrows. This is not the tribulation period yet. These are the beginnings of sorrows. These are the burnt pangs that says the Messiah is coming back. I said it was going to look like this. It says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation to kill you. This is Matthew 24 speaking to the Jewish audience. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Do you know that there's a massive rise of anti-Semitism right now? Yeah. That they're forcing him in, in the book of Jeremiah. It says, first I'm going to send out fishers to come fish you. Because I told everybody that in the last days I'm gathering you back to your land. First I'm going to send fishers out to come get you. And fish you back into the country. And after that I'm going to send hunters to come hunting you. There's a lot of Jews that felt very safe in Europe over after World War II. Yeah, we had the Holocaust. But I feel pretty good here. They're making an exodus back to Israel right now. It's going to start happening in the U.S., you watch. These Jews are going to be leaving and going back to their homeland over there. Deliver you up to tribulation, kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Christians too. The most persecuted faith on the, on the planet Earth right now is Christians. The Muslims are killing Christians wholesale or persecuting them and doing all kind of... It says, betray one another. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because of lawlessness will, will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this is the part that I find interesting. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to nations and the end will come. I thought the... Word gospel means good news. It is good news if we have our focus right. This is all troubling stuff here, 
But the word gospel means good news. And the Lord says, when you begin to see all these things, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draweth nigh. That's good news for us. I'm telling you what, if our focus is on the return of the Lord, this message, and I ask somebody that, because if the gospel, I would say, especially in this hour, doesn't include this, it's, it's lacking an element. It's lacking an element, especially in this age. When Jesus says, this is what it's going to look like before I return. And he gives all these troubling signs. And a lot of people say, well, I come to church to be encouraged. I don't want, to be, I don't want this stuff to come on me, this fear. And this. But if it's included in the package, I would be remiss if I did not include it. Amen. Amen? And there's a lot of pastors that don't want to talk about this stuff because they don't, I don't want to scare my congregation. I don't want to be negative. But this is what Jesus said it was going to look like before he came back, right? And it is good news if we have our focus proper. If everything is here and it's all about here and I got to get to the Super Bowl today and it's all about that kind of stuff, this is not too good a news. But if our focus is on Jesus Christ, he's coming back. His kingdom is coming back, but he said it was going to be a time of trouble before he actually establishes that. But to those who keep their eyes on the Lord, I believe that there's a promise in the word that he says to his church, I have not appointed my church to the wrath. There's time. This is going to be a time of trouble. We're entering into that time of trouble right now, and it could get kind of hairy right now. But let me tell you, if you've read the book of Revelation and you know what the prophetic scriptures say about what's coming after it's bad. But God says, I have not appointed my church to that. I'm going to take my church out before it gets that bad. Because my bride ain't going to get beaten around during that time. The question is, are we that bride? The question is, Jesus says, I, Paul says, I've, I've betrothed you to Christ. That means I want you to be chaste. I want you to be separate from the things of the world. I want your focus upon me. I want your whole heart right now. Are we betrothed? Do we have the engagement ring? Are we waiting on the marriage supper? Are we saying, Lord, it looks bad right now, but it's going to be really good pretty soon. <laughs> J.D. Faraji always says, he goes, I'm excited. And he preaches about this every week, every week. And he goes, I'm excited because the Lord is coming back. It's a package deal. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, and his second coming. It's part of the good news. Amen. Amen. And I must make our congregation aware of what's out there so that we wouldn't be struck with fear, so we wouldn't be depressed. We have the only hope in this world. We are the possessors of hope in this world right now, if we understand this correctly. Amen? So I'm hoping what I share with you, it was no way to cause fear. That's not the intention. It's to say, this is what's going on. This is what the Bible says. This is our posture. We keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. Amen? Not only that, but to watch and pray. And in closing, in that, you know, that was, now I was talking with Pastor Rob about these things, and I was saying, that's why we're doing this prayer event. That's why we're doing this. Because it says over and over and over, watch and pray. Watch what's going on and pray. And Jesus said, when he went away, he said this, let your, um, 
It says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, he may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants when his master, when he comes, will find them watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down and eat, and will come and serve them. And if he should say, come in the second watch, or the third watch, and find them so blessed are they, are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour which you do not expect. And he says this also. Then he, this is in, this is also, this is in Luke 12, 54, it says, And he also said to the multitudes, Whenever you see a cloud rising up in the west, immediately you say, A shower is coming, and it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There is weather, uh, uh, hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth. How is it that you do not discern this time? He gave us ample, ample evidence to say, this is the season of my coming. This is what it's going to look like before I come. So it gives us the, it gives us a, a chance to refocus our attention and say, man, I got to focus on the things of God. I got to watch and I got to pray that we would be found waiting upon his return because we have a glorious, glorious future ahead of us. Amen. Let's pray.